perhaps one of the most valuable things to remember is exactly who the characters are in the play. Hello and welcome to the Durham Talents channel. My name is Jesse Durham. Today we're going to be discussing don't steal the peace. Now that's that's a phrase. It's an idea from R. Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. So for those of us that are on the path of either vetting the idea of becoming your own banker, what it means to uh, apply and implement the infinite banking concept as described in Nash's book, or for those of us that are already on our path, we're using a policy or we are building a system of policies to be able to satisfy our need of finance, it's always important to ask and to remember and to validate who the characters are in the play. And I don't know that anything does that better than Nash's study and mental work through the grocery store. I want to highly encourage everyone to be able to read his book if you have not yet. I would really encourage that. You know, I, I don't know that there will be anything at all um, original in, in what I'm sharing today, but I've been the, the beneficiary of lots of learning and gaining new perspectives, and a lot of that comes from the grocery store example from Nash's book and considering who the characters are in the play because here I am just living my own life back in 2015. Someone introduces me to the idea of becoming your own banker and turns me on to the book by Nash, and then I start to see, I, I, get, I get my eyes opened, I feel like. I have my eyes opened to this play, and I'm not the only character in the play, and it's good to see who has what role and for sure know what mine is. And for those of us who want to live independently and autonomously and make more choices for ourselves and exercise those, those freedoms and rights and opportunities that are at our disposal here in America— we can capture more of that. I mean, again, of course, that's the whole essence is the idea that you can become your own banker, that I was able to become my own banker, that I was able to get on a path with proven products, with a proven system. I mean, I could read about the actual idea in black and white written by the man who came up with how to scale this idea of owning and accessing cash values in whole life insurance. So let's go to the store itself and, and consider that. Now, here we are at the time of this recording, freshly in 2022. The new year causes me to, to reflect and to think about, of course, what I would like things to be um, different, better, improved, changed, altered, whatever. Altered. I just made up a word. Alterated. Altered. Into the future. So, the grocery store, and the, the crux question of asking who the characters are in the play, it's very vital, very important. Now, the whole process begins with someone doing tons and tons of research, I mean studying the industry, studying the market, a lot of time and effort and money is going to go into procuring properties and 
and licenses and staff and state-of-the-art equipment and just so many different things. I mean, just just imagine for a second, not you rushing in and out of the grocery store, but just visualize that in your mind and think of what took place beforehand. And Nash describes it, of course, in his book. But think about everything that goes into capitalizing that business. Now, that's important for several reasons. One, because Nash says that getting a policy, a properly structured whole life policy with a mutual company that pays dividends, is exactly like getting a business. Now, life insurance is mitigating risk. It's, it's offsetting risk that we assume. And its use, though, is business-like. If you are a household, you are going to be in the business of financing your household. If you own and operate a small business or a big business, you can be using your policies, of course, to facilitate your need of finance in those businesses. If you're an investor, who controls the banking function on your investment? So you can be using a policy or a system of policies for your need of financing the investing that you do. So a lot goes into the capitalization of the grocery store business. Now, I would like to point out here while I'm thinking about it, that when you do, and that will look different for everyone, at least, you know, I'm a proponent of the idea that in the process of practicing infinite banking, you should be getting policies that are specifically structured for your purposes, both immediately and into the future. So a policy in its structure can satisfy your need of finance of plans that you have for the next 12 months or less, and at the same time can be built for intergenerational thinking. So the capitalization phase that takes place, what I want to point out here, in a policy that is properly structured for you specifically, that capitalization phase takes place one time. So whether you are capitalizing, and I know that Nash provides several different illustrations, and, and the purpose there, the purpose there is just to show the idea of the infinite banking concept. There is no or in my opinion, there should not be a cookie-cutter approach to infinite banking policies, but a policy should be structured specifically for you. But there is a capitalization phase, and it's one of his key principles, the idea of not being afraid to capitalize. We're never going to have less of a need of capital into the future. We're never going to want to have less access to our capital in the future. That's just not the case. So the capitalization phase, whether that is, like he shows in the book, whether that is seven years, whether that is 10 years, whether that is four years, whatever it happens to be. And here, let me make a point that for anybody who's, who's studying and watching more information and listening to more information than what we just provide here on the channel, and that's fine. I would encourage you even to look in, in certain places more into this idea. Again, I've already said... I don't know how much originality is going to be coming from this episode or from me. You know, I'm just benefiting from the things that I've learned from others and applied it into my own life to be able to get the results that I wanted. 
So what I want to say, though, is while I recognize that there's great opportunities of learning in other places, places where I enjoy learning from as well, because I'm a perpetual student, I'm still learning. You know, the infinite banking concept has a source. I did not write Nash's book. Nash wrote his book, and he wrote his second book, Building Your Warehouse of Wealth. All that to say, a policy should be structured for you, both for your immediate purposes in privatized banking and as long range as you can wrap your mind around. Also, the capitalization phase of a policy, because when you get a brand new policy, it's like getting a brand new business. It's in a capitalization phase. You will capitalize that policy. And Nash talks extensively about that in his book, In the Grocery Store Example, because it's so very important. And again, here we are in a brand new year, and this year is capitalizing. Hopefully, we'll have the full year. Tomorrow's not promised. None of us know that. All the more pertinent to talk about life insurance and privatized banking and intergenerational thinking, in my opinion, and that's why I'm here doing it. For those that are of like mind, that are thinking along those lines, if you know, if I can do anything to speed up your learning curve, and you know, if we're of like mindedness and we can work together, fantastic. That's what I'm here for. We're going to go through the capitalization phase in this year. So again, for those that are vetting this idea, vet it, learn it, get your questions answered understand it enough to decide you do or you don't want to become your own banker and when you do don't wait don't look left don't look right be about the business that you know you need to do uh, get lives protected start your journey of becoming your own banker just like you would approach you know building rome or eating an elephant or taking the longest journey right it's all about the first step um, a day be about the business of it. Now, what we need to recognize is that in the grocery store example and in our own need of finance, we are or can be, this is the idea that I'm promoting, we are or can be the owner and the consumer. I eat. I enjoy eating very much. I hope you do too. We're consumers when it comes to groceries. Now, not everyone owns a grocery store, whereas everything is financed. That's the difference. Everything is financed. Either we are paying someone else interest on their terms and conditions under their scrutiny, beholden to them, or we forfeit the opportunity to earn on our capital and limit access and all kinds of things there, or we begin to implement a system of policies to satisfy our need of finance, to satisfy, you know, our financial footprint as owner-consumers. We are consumers of the things that we buy. But also, we can be the owners of the privatized banking entity that finances said consumption. Okay, so the idea of being owner and consumer. Now, I also think that it's interesting that Nash addresses the grocery store and the idea of not stealing the peas, of being an honest banker, of not hesitating to capitalize before he even gets to, you know, the illustrations and, and different things that are in particular 
laying out the infinite banking concept itself. That's very interesting. Now, again, I've already said a lot about policy structure and how it matters, and I think that I need to say more about why it matters. One principle with permanent whole life insurance is, is just starkly true. The cash value of a policy is a net representation today of that future death benefit. So, let's say it's a, a 121, a 121 policy, a policy to 121 years. It's a theoretical life expectancy. So, today, there is a cash value that can be borrowed against, and that cash value is a net representation today of that future death benefit. So, that future death benefit shows us that day over day, that cash value amount must eventually equal that face amount, that death benefit amount. So if that's true, and it is, that that cash value just grows on weekends and on holidays and through shutdowns and, you know, just on and on and on, and must eventually equal that future death benefit, how big then do we want that number to be? And that's important, and it's based off of more than one variable. And then, of course, the question is, is, well, how quickly do we want that promise to begin? I mean, if we know that that number is just going to go up, 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 and it must eventually equal that face amount, when would we want that process to start? How soon would we want to begin the process of that curve going up uninterrupted? Okay, how big do we want that to be? And you can't satisfy your, I've not seen anyone satisfy their entire need of finance with one policy. I've not personally seen that. I haven't practiced that in my life. My wife and I, we own multiple policies with multiple companies. And in the future, we will continue to buy properly structured whole life policies with a mutual company that pays a dividend. Okay. <laughs> I started to say something there about, um, if you don't want one, call me and we'll talk about that um, because I'm a buyer of whole life insurance. That's just what I practice personally as an individual. I buy whole life insurance. Now, our need for capital will grow. We will never want to limit our access to our capital. Not following this idea of becoming your own banker, this set it and forget it mentality, this, and I'm not talking about investing here. Hear, hear me clearly, uh, just like Nash says in his book, I'm talking about the banking function. I'm talking about who controls your need for finance, who controls the banking function in your life. Now, if you want to do investing that and, and the philosophy of set it and forget it works for you, that's that's that fits your philosophy, your approach, fantastic. Do that. I'm just asking who controls the banking function in your life. That's worth evaluating first before those dollars go to the investments that you choose. So I'm not giving investment advice, but I'm saying and asking who controls the banking function in your life? What would it look like if you did? And the investments that you do choose to make what if you can make those investments and get that money back and control the banking function of that investing? 
That's what I'm saying. So our need for capital is going to continue to increase. Our system, therefore, then should inherently grow over the course of time as well. And again, to relate back to the grocery store, don't we see successful grocery stores open up in multiple places? And to connect another dot, don't we see multiple branches of banks open up in various places? Of course, absolutely. So the same should be true over the course of our lifetime that we continually add to our system of policies, that we continually add to our intergenerational privatized family bank. And for the business owners out there, here's a vital question. How long do you want to be in business? And whatever your business is, I don't care if it's building house, it, whatever it is, how long do you want to be in that business? Okay, now just put yourself beside your competitors. You know who they are. I don't know who they are, but you know who they are. You're not the only one in your space. And there are things that separate them from you, you from them. Here's what I'll ask concerning the banking function. If they are beholden to the timelines and the terms and conditions and the bleeding out of interest dollars that could have been profits for them and just on and on and on of conventionally financing or or if they are in the business of setting aside their money and not touching it and abstaining from using it, if they're missing out on economic value that could have been added to their capital while waiting to go about the business of procuring uh, equipment for their business or what paying payroll, anything, if they're missing out on the economic value that could have been added because they pay cash for what they do as a business and you systematically build up capital that compounds uninterrupted but also allows you to access that capital at your will and you can be going out and covering your payroll or taxes or uh, buying business equipment whatever it happens to be and you because of this system and this entity this privatized banking entity that you own can recapture those principal dollars, interest dollars, any profits from the business that you're doing, and you can recapture that and grow that and scale that and grow that and scale that and grow that and scale that, who's going to win? That's I may have gone on a little bit of a tangent and specifically talking to the business owners here, but address that to your household again as well. Address that to you as an investor as well. Just put yourself in stark contrast by considering what it would look like if you were practicing infinite banking versus what's conventionally done. That's what I'm saying. So the interest that we pay, and here's a, an important point, the interest that we pay, because, and Nash talks about the margins on selling a can of peas. You know, he breaks it down. Well, you know, if, if you need 15 cents to break even, well, 16 cents starts to do something per can. 17 cents does something. Hey, if you earn 18 cents, you can retire early, right? The, that interest, again, over the course of time, the interest that we pay ourselves by accessing capital via policy loans and then repaying that to our own privatized banking system, that just adds more capital to our system. So, Money has a cost to it. 
If we will be honest banker and not steal the peas, every interest dollar that we pay just goes back to our system. So again, that brings us back to the idea of who are the characters in the play? Yes, you want to be able to access your money for the things that you want to do, whether that's taking vacations, paying for college, a child's wedding, business equipment, investments that you make, paying your taxes for last year, whatever it happens to be. Yes, you're the consumer, but consider your role or your potential role as the owner. When it's your grocery store, when it's your bank, when it's your policy, there's no, I'm not there telling you what to do. The insurance company is not telling you what to do. You can borrow against the cash values of your policy according to the terms of your contract when you so choose. And, and they're not calling you, asking about when you're paying it back, how you're paying it back, how much you're going to... None of that. But if we're going to be an honest banker, and I suggest that we do, then every interest dollar that we pay back just goes to our system. Again, how big do you want your system to be? How soon do you want it to get there? Every interest dollar just goes back into our own system. And our system should grow over time. And the longer range that we can think, the more time that we can wrap our minds around into the future, what will that make things look like for those future generations, for our heirs and beneficiaries, for and for my business owners? Again, for me to touch back on, on business, you will give your business to someone eventually, you will sell your business to someone. It will change hands to a family member or someone that you are mentoring right now, bringing up in the business, perhaps. What could that look like for them? If we've practiced being our own banker, it just gives them a very, very different starting point, And that can snowball upon itself as well. The longer range that we can think. Now, in being an honest banker, in not stealing the peas, in considering who the characters are in the play, I just know that through a lot of the common questions that folks have and through the own thoughts that I personally had when vetting the idea of becoming my own banker and even when I began becoming my own banker, I mean, I paid a significant premium. Still kind of wondered, I mean, what's this going to look like? Is it is it the way, you know, that I, that I read about and that I hear about? And, and then I call and I make my first policy loan. They send me the money. I use it for what I wanted to do. You know, we were doing things at that time like paying off student loan debt. and We even uh, used that money to take family vacations at the time. And, you know, we just did it for things that we were already doing. We used our privatized banking system for what it was that we were already doing. And I got to see for myself that that there's no there's no pressure from the insurance company on when I'm paying it back, how I'm paying it back. There's no one there demanding that I pay uh, the policy interest, even uh, policy loan interest. So, what I would like to say there is, when should you pay back a policy loan? Well, that's going to depend on what you've used the loan for. 
So again, if I could just prompt with some ideas here, when my wife and I began paying off student loan debt, what I would say for us worked was we waited till one particular loan would get paid off and then we would be able to start snowballing the payments that had been going to the student loans and we could apply that to other student loans to speed up that process. But it didn't make sense to be making payments back to our policy at that time for us until a particular account was paid off. So we would wait until that was paid off. And now that means that that capital could either go back to a policy loan repayment. It could go to policy premiums. It's now freed up to go and pay maybe just the policy loan interest while we're paying off other student loans, or it could just be more dollars to throw at the next student loan. So if you're in a debt recapture mode, let's say, again, the whole idea is becoming your own banker. So you get to choose. And that's the whole idea is that you are on your way to becoming your own banker. But what I would say is always have an honest plan about what you're going to do to Pay yourself first. Maintain premiums. I mean, the, the question ultimately is how many of our dollars can we get through a policy first before we use it for the things that we were going to do anyway? Whatever that happens to be. And how can we grow and scale that over time? Because Nash says that he's not talking about one policy. This is going to be a system of policies. And how we could do that over the course of our lifetime. Grow and scale privatized banking system. So how can we... and Premiums should eventually be equal to income. Income should eventually be equal to premiums that we pay into policies that we own. Now, we should, though, have an honest plan because the idea is to pay yourself first, pay yourself with interest. Our money has a cost to it. Now, I value my money very highly. And then ultimately recapture the money. So pay yourself first, pay yourself with interest, and recapture the money. So regardless of timelines and interest rates, you get to choose how much interest you want to pay back. I mean, the, the company itself in the contract will have a number. And it's a, beautiful thing, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see where it says that it will not go above a certain number so that you, you, you are certain that you, by contract, you will always be operating in a known interest environment. But I value my money personally uh, even more than the insurance company does. So I add more to that because what I know is that it's just more capital back into my system, like I've already said. So when paying back, just have a plan. Just have an honest plan uh, for yourself that works in your plans. Because there is a massive amount of flexibility in properly structured whole life policies. And again, going back to how a policy starts, a policy should start being able to give you leeway as the owner to weather storms that may come, to be able to facilitate the type of cash flows that you may have passing through your hands. I mean, we, we need to have an idea. And of course, that's that's a client or a prospective client doesn't get a policy uh, with one phone call from me. You know, we're going to talk about what those parameters need to look like for you. So, not a cookie cutter approach.
And let's remember this too, though, that Nash said that even the best business can be run into the ground. Let's remember the Midland Bank of Texas and how it went out of business because it did not keep proper relationships between the deposits that they were receiving, the capital reserves that they had, and the loans that they had. And they were not being honest bankers. They were not being honest in their repayments. They weren't being honest with the loans, uh, doing speculative things from the start. But all the same, they were not keeping proper relationships between their capital and their deposits and their loans and, and the banking process. The ba- because that's what banking is. Banking is not an investment. It is a process. So even the best business can be run in the ground. And that always makes me think of what Zig Ziglar used to say uh, about a million-dollar racehorse. He would say, now, I mean, could you imagine having a million-dollar racehorse and then you keep it up all night and it doesn't get fed well? And, well, that that's no way that we would treat a million-dollar racehorse. It would be getting the best feed. It would be getting the best care. It would be put in the best facility. You know, and then he goes on to question, well, you know, how are we treating a billion dollar mind and a billion dollar body ourselves? So good food for thought right there. So that's what I'm saying is that just like Nash said, even the best business can be run in the ground. Zig Ziglar said that, you know, a million dollar racehorse can be mistreated. And it's the owner. It's the owner that is in the position to make those decisions And that's where ultimately I'm trying to encourage everyone here that you can become your own banker. So to further this conversation, you can reach me at 828-817-4223 or you can email durhamtalents at gmail.com. And this has been a great pleasure for me. And I do look forward to our next conversation. Have a great day. Take care. So a lot of financing goes, not a lot of financing, perhaps the most important thing for us to remember in evaluating stuff, where was I coming from with that? There are so many things that I was thinking to, to get out.